Hey guys, welcome to the show. It's your host Billy Metcalf from FantasyInquirer.com. Back today with another episode uh, entitled Running Back Landmines and Booby Traps. This is the landmine version uh, where I have four running backs in the top 20 who I think are landmines. I also have a few stories in the news today. Um, Jack Doyle is still slow to recover. Love and Gore is getting traded. And... Russell Wilson is posting hype videos of him and DK Metcalf connecting long. Wait, wait, what was that? Oh, Melvin Gordon demanded a trade. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'll, I'll definitely lead off with that. If you're listening to this and Melvin Gordon signed, the hype and hysteria has ended. Uh, this morning, we all got the sleeper alert. Melvin Gordon, out of nowhere, demands a trade or... A contract extension uh, from his fifth-year option, $5.6 million. So apparently he's taking the Le'Veon Bell route, where if he doesn't get the money or get the trade, he'll probably just hold out a year, and then he'll probably get another team like the Jets or Knuckleheads that'll pay him. Um, I mean, I don't hate him for doing it. It's it worked for Bell. I mean, he didn't get hurt last year, and he got paid. So that's the big news there. Um as far as the fantasy implications for that, I already was ahead of you guys on that. This morning I tweeted out right away, not even looking at anything or thinking about anything. Just from last year, I thought Justin Jackson and PPR, I'd take him in round three and Eckler probably in round five. Uh, right after that, I, thought, I saw some projections from other experts trickle in. and Most of them had that kind of backwards. They had Eckler uh, leading off as... Uh, Getting more carries, even I saw a rough projection, which is total BS. There's no way Austin Eckler had more carries than Justin Jackson. Uh, we followed Justin Jackson last year. Some of us picked him up down the stretch when Gordon got hurt, and he did great in a couple games. He scored in two of the three games that uh, he was filling in for Gordon with Eckler. He had seven catches in one. He averaged 4.1 yards rushing uh, on the season, and he only played in a handful of games. He was a stud coming out of Northwestern. He's uh, 10th in all of college football history in rushing yards. Uh, I think he'd step right in. I'm not going to say he's going to be Melvin Gordon, but he could fill a role on a great offense like that. So I, I don't understand. I mean, I understand Eckler Love because he's basically James White, Treat Cohen, and we'll take that all day. But Justin Jackson, you know, if this thing really happens and Melvin Gordon really does get traded or – do whatever. He's definitely a guy who will uh, rock it in drafts. So apparently I'm higher on him than others if this does happen. But if you're listening to this, uh, not on July 11th, on like July 20th, and Melvin Gordon already signed, uh, we're still living in the world where Melvin Gordon might get traded. So just fast forward past this part. <laughs> uh, the other uh, story I had was uh, Jack Doyle still taking it slow. Um, I was a big Ebron guy last year, and I've been fading him this year, and uh, I've done about eight or ten drafts so far. And I've been fading him so far just because of the whole regression. He's going to regress. I mean, he had how many touchdowns last year? Fifteen touchdowns last year. If he would hit double digits this year, that would be amazing. I just don't see how it would happen, especially with Paris Campbell being drafted and Devin Funchess coming in. And... We all know that uh, Jack Doyle 
he goes on the field as a blocker a lot more than Eric Ebron does. But if Jack Doyle doesn't get on the field, you know what happens then. Eric Ebron's catching touchdowns. So when I've read about this, I wasn't even aware of this. He, uh, this is from two days ago. He said he's still taking it slow, uh, just day by day. He's returning from her, uh, off-season hip surgery and lacerated kidney surgery. Uh, the camp starts in 10 days from now. Okay, it's July 11th. So we really have to watch this close. Because if he's not going to be in camp, and this thing's just going to progress and progress and progress, and they're going to stick Ebron out there, he's going to be a monster again. He's, uh, you know, he's still going kind of late towards the end of the the top 10 of tight ends. I had him in the middle, but I moved him down a few spots two weeks ago. I definitely think that, uh, you know, you should be looking to draft Ebron. I got a draft tomorrow, and I think I'm going to target Ebron just on this news alone because I, I didn't know that. He was going to, you know, I thought he was still out there there practicing and in full pads. And, and no, he's still just taking it really slow. And I guess the big test is if you don't see him in camp, I mean, Doyle is 29 years old. So, and they don't have to rush him back. Look at the offense. Why would they have to rush Jack Doyle back with the loaded offense? With their receiving core. They've got Mo Alley Cox, a decent tight end in his own right. As a third tight end, they're going to have three tight ends on the team. So definitely watch that. Um, and then the last one I had was Russell Wilson was posting videos of him throwing to DK Metcalf, everyone's favorite lightning rod. And uh, what I thought was interesting about these, I mean, he was catching these perfect bombs from Russell Wilson. Uh, how Wilson talks about Metcalf, he talks about him like, he gushes about his love for the game and how he wants to be better. You know, he's not out partying on the weekend and, you know, half-assing it. He wants to be the best. And you can tell by Wilson talking about him that they're just going to have good chemistry. And, you know, we know the pros of DK Metcalf. He's an athletic freak. What do you have, like, 2% bot, like something ridiculous. Size, strength, fastest combo run. Wilson's his quarterback probably he could finish number one quarterback this year. Um, but, you know, he's a hard worker. Wilson loves him. The negatives on him, obviously, are his college career kind of stunk. He wasn't even the best receiver on his team. But that really wasn't his fault due to the injury history. And that old cone drill that he did at the four, at the uh, combine. If he just went... Wouldn't have ran the cone drill. I mean, he would have had the most amazing combine in history. But he had to do the cone drill, and he had to be slower than Tom Brady. Now everyone uses it against him. But uh, he's even taken that head on in some of his Twitter videos I saw, that he's trying to be better and trying to cut better. And he looks like he's doing it. I think he looks fine. But uh, I like Metcalf anyway, so you're going to have a hard time talking me off that island. But in redrafts, I mean, I'm looking at the board from last week that I did on a FFP $350 football guys draft. DK Metcalf went at the 1210. Okay. That's, that's not that, you know, this is a 20 round draft. That's pretty good value for him right there. If he's going to do what we think he's going to do, if he's going to gel with Wilson this year, that's a great spot to get him at. I mean, he's. He's a great sleeper. And who's going to catch those long rainbows besides Tyler Lockett? Probably DK, you know. Lockett's going to be used more in the slot. DK is going to run the fly routes. 
All right, guys, let's get into the uh, landmines and booby traps, the landmine edition of the top 20 running backs that I have here. Uh, some of you guys won't like these because they're probably guys you love, but every year stuff happens. People don't like uh, players for a whole host of reasons. They don't like them because injury history for one, coaching or scheme history for two, or limited share opportunities. Um, another thing that... I was thinking of when I did this article was you always have to find players to fade when you do fantasy drafts. That's how I've always drafted. And that's how I've been successful is finding players to fade. Um, you know, last year it was Fournette. You know, there's a lot of obvious guys who we faded last year and it helped a lot. Uh, this year, uh, I'll just start it out right now. One of my big fades is Dalvin cook. I know everyone loves him. I'm gonna. Some people are already putting uh, me over a barrel on this on Twitter, but I definitely think Cook's a landmine in drafts this season. Uh, I just want to tell you guys something here. Leonard Fournette, 2017, he missed three games. 2017, Cook missed 12 games. Leonard Fournette, 2018, missed eight games. Dalvin Cook, 2018, missed five games. So, Dalvin Cook has missed seven more games in his two years of NFL career than Leonard Fournette has. And it actually kind of really surprised me when I was looking into all this because you never hear a peep about that, really. Especially this year. All the years uh, Fournette, he's uh, practicing in the offseason, he's not trying to get injured. And I also hear about Cook as he's training, he's the best shape of his life. And it's just bizarre how little uh, we hear about this. For a guy who's super injury prone, even back to college, he tore his labrum twice in college. Uh, granted, he only missed a game, but he still has had injuries all throughout the last, what, four years of his life? Uh, his fantasy pros ADP is running back 11, and uh, I'm usually seeing him go real early in the second round or at least mid-second of FFPC football guys drafts, and I'm not even remotely ready to take a chance on him that early. I understand his upside and how he has Gary Kubiak as his new offensive coordinator and how Kubiak's a running back whisper with Arian Foster and flash in the pan, Justin Forsett. And, you know, we had Hall of Famer Terrell Davis. These are all good things and why you should like him. But Cook's durability issues just make him a deal breaker for me, being totally honest. This just seems like the perfect storm of disappointment coming from this season for people pounding the table for Cook. Uh, I'm not trying to jinx it or do anything. It's just, you can almost see it coming. Uh, if you like Cook, but don't really want to draft him, you aren't going to get him anyway, because somebody's always going to like him more than you in drafts this year. And you don't have to take that, uh, my word for it. Get in any draft. I've been in 15 drafts this year, and he's whizzed by me every time. I mean, before I can even get a chance to ponder taking him, he goes by me. Um, I got this FFPC draft board from a couple days ago that I did. Uh, he went at the two, three in this. So probably about right where he goes. Like I said, I've seen him almost go right to the end of the first round. So he is my first landmine, uh, running back. My other, uh, my second landmine running back is da -da 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 -da, Todd Gurley. Don't act so surprised. I know. Probably the biggest landmine in fantasy football in 2019. And it seems like uh, more of the high stakes people 
I know I've drafted with know this as well. And I mean, even the average Joe probably knows this as well at this time. Um, his fantasy pros ADP has slipped actually all the way down to the RB 10, I guess, thankfully. So people are catching on. Uh, I've seen him slip all the way to the middle of the third round. And, uh, in some of the drafts I've been in, he's gone as early as the first, but I've never seen him go past the fourth. Um, I don't believe he'll be playing in the games enough to test his knee this season regularly. What I mean is I think he'll be part of a full-blown timeshare headed with, uh, you know, Memphis rookie Daryl Henderson, Darrell Darrell, with a mix of Malcolm Brown, spelling both of them, who the Rams brought back at a hefty price this offseason. So the Rams know the deal with Gurley, or they wouldn't have uh, made those two moves. You know, they wouldn't have rushed to steal Malcolm Brown back from uh, the Lions, and they wouldn't have moved up in the draft to take a running back. So they know something's wrong. They're smart. Um, I was in the football guys draft last week, like I was saying, and I had the the uh, three four pick, and uh, I'm sitting there minding my own business as I looked at the guy who was on the three three on the clock, and I noticed that Gurley was still there, and I almost broke into a cold sweat and wondered, do I do it if he's there? Because, like I've stressed to you guys and wrote about before, at some point every player has a value. Every player is a value. Always remember that. Even the guy who you want to fade with all your heart, like a Ty Gurley for me this year. <laughs> um, so I'm sitting there, and I'm watching the seconds tick down, 10, 9, 8. And he picks Todd Gurley, thankfully. So I was off the hook, and he made the pick for me, and uh, I didn't have to make that decision. So just for uh, – <laughs> yeah. uh, he's not coming back this year, bottom line. Todd Gurley, in my opinion, you're not going to get the 2016 Todd Gurley, 17, 18. That Todd Gurley's gone. You know, the arthritic knee is just, it's hard to recover, you know. He needs time to recover and rest. That's what they say. And that's why they have all these other running backs and stuff. He's just not going to see the same volume. I mean, what what's his... What's his ceiling? He, he just, he's nowhere. I just hope he, you know, for his sake, plays a full year and uh, these guys spell him and we'll see what happens. But definitely don't draft Todd Gurley, whatever you do. Uh, my number three landmine is Carrion Johnson. I know a lot of people like him. I know he's a pretty popular pick and Believe it or not, in the course of the last couple months, I've done a complete 180 on Kerryon Johnson. I owe, um, Something I've always been, bo- been bothered about with him has been his history of injuries. But what really woke me up to the, uh, was the realization that he'll never get enough work to return value on the third to maybe fourth round uh, where you'd have to take him at. Uh, what really woke me up on this was uh, a quote from uh, Matt, Pat- Matt Patricia, Right before the draft this year, declaring Johnson will not be overworked in 2019 after his knee injury. Okay, why is this problematic? Because uh, Matt Patricia is a Bell Belichick disciple, and you know what that means? That means that they like to cycle in running backs left and right, and there's no bell cow, which means you're not going to return value on that third round pick. So I must have been in. Uh, 
some sort of uh, carry-on fairy land because I hope they would have taken the training wheels off this year and uh, this would have been his season. But, like I said, the Belichick and Matt Patricia, he doesn't believe in using one running back anyway. Even when you looked last year, still had Riddick, still had Zenner, brought in the Larry Blunt. They want to run in three or four running backs a game. This isn't going to change this season. Riddick's still going, to be, still going to be there catching passes. And they actually upgraded from LeGarrette Blunt this year by signing C.J. Anderson, who looked like he had a hell of a lot of meat on the, left on the bone last season. Uh, you know, the injuries, like I said, he's been injured at every level to uh, his football career. He's back to high school. He had both left and right shoulder surgeries. He had a sprained MCL, a broken thumb. Um, at Auburn, he suffered. That's just in high school. At Auburn, he suffered rib, hamstring, ankle injuries. And then last year, he had the knee sprain that cost him six games and put him on the uh, injured reserve. So despite all these, Fantasy Pro still has him as the RB18. I have him as the RB24 in my rankings right now. I'll probably go out of my way to move him out of the top 25 when I do my uh, update this weekend. I know this is a complete opposite of what most fantasy experts are doing, but I don't like uh, the lack of work that I don't, that I think he's going to receive. Uh, you know, I just I don't think he's going to be on the field as much as people want to. And uh, those Patricia comments throwing up that flair about uh, you know keeping him. Uh, after the injury last year, not overworking him, just it just bothers me. So that is why I have Kerryon Johnson as a landmine. And then the last and final number four landmine in the top 20 I have is none other than Devonto Freeman. Uh, I'm handling Freeman a lot like I did last year. And you know what that means? By not taking him. <laughs> in fact, uh, probably the last... Uh, like I said, I've done 15 drafts by now. I haven't even thought of taking him once. Why, you might ask? Because I think Freeman is a walking injury waiting to happen, and I'm not falling for all the sunshine and butterflies about how he's in the best shape of his life this year and the healthiest he's been in a long time. Freeman has been totally battered over the years and probably has one of the highest injury probabilities in football for a running back. Uh his concussion history scares me the most, honestly. He's had three concussions in two years. Luckily, he didn't have one last year, but he was injured with other injuries, with a knee and a foot injury last year, uh, and was ultimately shut down with the uh, sports hernia surgery. So he didn't get time to have a concussion last year. That, that's the good news on that front. But uh, uh, Freeman is uh, RB17 over at Fantasy Pros, and I have him as RB22. Uh, he's going mid-range in these FFPC football guy drafts that I've done. Uh, look at the most recent board. He went at the 3-8. So, that's not terribly bad, but, I mean, you're not going to get me to jump on that value at all at, at that price. That is still way too high. Uh, let's look at some guys going around him. At, uh, that Some guys that went above him in this board I'm looking at here right now. Uh, Derek Henry, they took Freeman over Derek Henry, uh, Aaron Jones, 
Brandon, uh, Jacobs, and Sony Michelle. I'd take all those guys. I'd take Josh Jacobs, Derrick Henry, Aaron Jones, uh, maybe even Kenyon Drake, you know, and Sony Michelle. Heck, I'd probably even take uh, David Montgomery over over him. So I mean, for him to go that high in these drafts, but uh, you know, if he's not healthy and returns back to 2015 form, you know, then I'm gonna it'll be to my demise, right? That's how this stuff goes. So those are my four guys I am not liking and I have as landmines right now. I have this article up at fantasyinquire.com if you guys want to check it out. If you have any questions or anything, email me at uh, info at fantasyinquire.com or hit me on Twitter at fantasyinquire.com. I will have the part two booby traps edition to the top 20 running backs, landmines, and booby traps article. Uh, probably sometime at the end of this weekend. Today's Thursday, July 11th. So you guys have a good one. Thanks for listening.